Well, good morning. How you doing, saints? How you doing, saints? Sinners, how about you? Okay, kind of outnumbered this morning there. Not many saints. Anyhow, happy Easter. He is risen. Amen. Um, this morning, we are going to hear uh, the gospel lesson from uh, the gospel of John, John's uh, story, uh, chapter 20 of John, verses 1 through 18. Um, I, it's different from the other gospel accounts, and so I would ask that you would listen closely to it. Uh, and because it's Easter, and because this really is the summation of what the gospel message is about, about new life in Christ, I invite you to stand at the hearing of these words. Please stand if you're able. Hear the word of the Lord. Early on, the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. And so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. Now the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in, and he saw the linen linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place all by itself. And then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. And then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary, she stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And the angel said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And Mary said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, Mary said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and saw and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go. Go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and she announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. 
My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. He's risen. Just checking. I've got to share my favorite Easter joke with you, and I may have shared it before, but it's it's a great Easter joke, so I'm going to say it. Because I'm up here and you're not, and I get to say what I want. <laughs> but, but anyway, once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a pastor, a priest, and a rabbi. And they all walked into a bar. And they, had good, they were all good friends, and occasionally they would get together with one another, and they would decompress over their congregations together. And they would talk about their lives in their various parishes Um, And the rabbi asked the two Christian clergy, saying, Now, I want you to imagine that you're at your own funeral, and you can see what's going on around you, and you hear the conversations that people are having about you as, as you're kind of floating around watching and listening, and you're seeing how they're responding to your death. What would you want them to say? What do you want to hear them saying about you? as they filed past your casket? Now that's quite a question. Have you ever thought about what people are going to say when they pass by you or me? What are the things we will hear? Well, anyway, Father O'Malley, the Catholic priest, he thought for a moment, he said, well, I think I'd like to hear them say, here lies Father O'Malley, devoted priest, lovely friend who is there thick and thin. Okay. The Presbyterian pastor? Pastor Bob? He says, I would love to hear my people say, Here lies Pastor Bob, who now rests from his labors as a tireless shepherd to the flock. Now it's the rabbi's turn. And the rabbi's been listening, and he began to stroke his beard. And he began to lean in towards his friends, raising his right eyebrow. And he says to them, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear them say, ah, here lies Rabbi Schwartz. And he's moving. Oh, my friends, the rabbi's the one who figured it out. He figured out the Christian message. He, he figured out the Easter promise. He is risen. Father O'Malley and Pastor Bob would appear to have become too familiar with the Easter promise. Their everyday work in the lives of their parishes, their counseling parents with, on how to baptize their kids and what they should do, running a finance committee. They would be, uh, you know, saying invocations at City Hall because Vice Mayor Ben Sorensen put the squabosh on them and told them they needed to do it. And visiting patients in the hospital, simply trying to quell church gossip. They would be so wrapped up in the dalliances of everyday perish life, they would forget the promise of new life, new hope, and peace in Easter. It took the rabbi to remind them, hey, 
He's moving. He is risen. He is risen indeed. This morning, the one issue, the one question that emerges for me out of our text is in verse 15. Woman, whom are you looking for? John's gospel is silent why Mary Magdalene Magdalene ventured out early in that morning to come and check out the tomb of Jesus. Other gospels mention that Mary came with an entourage of others to help prepare Jesus' body for a proper funeral because it was too late on Friday afternoon and it was approaching Sabbath and they had to do it hastily. So let's make it up on Sunday morning. But John's gospel is different. It doesn't say that. Indeed, it doesn't even say that other women were with Mary except for this very obscure reference to we in uh, verse chapter 2. It's silent on why she came. All we know is that Mary's love and her devotion to Jesus caused her to climb out of bed and explore the possibilities of the empty tomb. What got you out of bed this morning to come here to worship? Whom are you looking for? What are you looking for? Peter and others did not bother to get out of bed, if you'll notice. They were not looking for anyone or anything. They were huddled behind their locked doors. And when Mary runs to let them know the stone had been rolled away, and by this time we really don't even know if Mary realizes Jesus isn't in there, because in John's gospel she hadn't looked inside yet. She just sees the stone rolled away. She runs to Peter and John, also known as the one whom Jesus loved. And she tells them what she has observed. That's it. Peter and John, they get up and they begin begin running to the tomb. And apparently John was a little more fit. He outran Peter and uh, Peter... Um, just came up kind of slow, come up behind him and huffing and puffing. And John stopped at the entrance of the tomb. Peter just kind of burst right on by and ran in straight into the tomb. And he looks around and sees, sees everything and ponders what's going on. John finally enters the tomb after Peter. And he looks at the evidence that's before him, which are the linen wrappings filled with spices. One, where Jesus' head would have been, and the other set of uh, wrappings where his body would have been wrapped up. And they were both like empty, empty cocoons. Peter ponders. John believes. Both are appropriate responses. Peter ponders contemplates what does this mean John he sees the evidence he believes whom were they looking for that morning they were looking for a dead Jesus and what they discovered instead was an empty tomb and then they do something I 
I don't understand. Maybe you get it better than I do. They see, they ponder, they believe, and then they went home. Peter and John just went home. They didn't linger at the tomb. They didn't engage any bystanders. Hey, did you see what was going on? They just went home. What got you out of bed this morning? Whom or what did you expect to find? Peter pondered. John believed in something. And after the experience, they just went home. Then there's Mary Magdalene, who in our story this morning becomes the church's very first apostle. A woman became the church's first apostle. She is the first sent one. Her love for Jesus was deep. Her pain was visceral. It was only after Peter and John left to go back home that Mary Magdalene, in her solitude of the interior castle of her heart, that she began to peer into the tomb for the first time to see that it was empty. And this is the first time when she is asked the question, Woman, why are you weeping? Now, at this point in the story, Mary only knows that Jesus is gone. She has just seen two angels in a tomb. And if you've read much of the New Testament, you realize that when angels appear and speak to people, they typically um, cause a lot of ruckus. When you encounter an angel in the scriptures, mostly you kind of fall all over yourself because you don't know what to do because you're in the presence of these representatives of God. And here in our story this morning, she's oblivious to the angels. They're right there in front of her. But she's nonplussed all about it. She turns around, encountering the angels. <laughs> she turns around and immediately walks smack into Jesus' chest. Boom, there, there he is. But her sadness is too heavy still. She doesn't even recognize the, rec the resurrected Christ. And he's standing right here. And then for the second time in as many minutes, she is asked the question, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And once again, Mary is so focused on her pain, she fails to see Jesus. Thinking it's the cemetery caretaker and gardener, she says, now if you've taken the body, let me know and I'll take them for you. And it's right here, the action in our story this morning, which has been very fast-paced, stops. It grinds to a halt. One arresting word was spoken that penetrated the sobbing, oblivious woman's broken, pained heart. Jesus 
spoke her name. Mary. Mary. The empty tomb did not cause her to see Jesus or believe in Jesus. Seeing the tangible proof like John did with the wrappings on the, on the stone, that did not uh, convince her to believe in Jesus. Encountering two heavenly beings, two angels in white, was not enough to penetrate her pain. The very resurrected presence of Jesus himself was not enough for Mary to snap out of it that morning. It was only after God spoke to her her name that the proverbial scales fell from her eyes and she was able to see Jesus for the first time. Mary. Mary. Beloved, whom are you looking for this Easter? Some of you may be like Peter and John, and you wish you were still back in bed if it wasn't for the woman in your life who drug you here this morning. But even Peter pondered once he arrived, and even John, he saw the evidence and he believed. And I believe that God will use whatever means possible to get us out of bed and come face to face with the empty tomb. Some of you may come this morning and experience something like Peter, and you'll leave pondering, what was that all about? What's all the hubbub of Easter? Some of you will be like John and will have this experience where your love will be rekindled for the Lord because you experience something that just convinces you to believe and that you've been missing that sense of assurance and rekindled love for a while. But what I really want each of you For each of you this morning is this. That as you come, that you pay attention, you listen. Listen for the Lord to gently speak your name. Reagan. Evan. Bob, Heather, Karen, listen for the Lord speaking your name. You see, Jesus will meet you where you are and speak your particular name to you in whatever condition, wherever he finds you. He will come to you and speak your name. Are you sad and depressed? He's calling your name. Are you lonely? Are you despondent? Listen. He's calling your name. Are you recovering from an addiction? Shh. He's calling your name. 
Is your life stuck in professional groundhog day where you're bored sick and you hate what you're doing? Shh, I tell you what, even then, he's calling your name. Are you in pain and discomfort because the chemotherapy and the radiation treatments are burning? And you're tired of fighting this dead gum cancer? He gets it. He's calling your name. Beloved, names are powerful things. Names are powerful things. When someone knows your name, they can grab your attention in the crowd just like that. Dick Owen. In this giant crowd, Dick Owen. I've got power over Dick. I'm looking at Dick, and he just straightened up. (laughs) The preacher called my name. Oh, there's power in knowing a name. There's power in knowing someone's name, beloved. You see, when you know someone's name, there's a conduit for relationship. When you call out a person's name, that person is exerting a gentle power over you because they command your attention whether you want to or not, Eric. You can't help but listen. The promise of Easter is the great I am, the great God who was, who is, and is yet to come, knows each of you by your name. We would only be still enough we will hear the resurrected Christ speaking your name, reminding you, assuring you, Bob, assuring you, Kathy, assuring you, Nancy, that Jesus is speaking through the radio transmitter of your heart, telling you, I got this. No fear. Beloved, he is risen. Now, let's add one more thing to that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. But let's add something to that. He is risen indeed and knows my name. Got that? He is risen. He is risen. Indeed, he does. And all of God's people said, Amen. Pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the beauty of this day. Thank you, O Lord, that you know us personally, intimately, that you know each of us by name, and you will call us by, your, by that name, and we will hear you. Even in the midst of our sadness, our despondency, our chaotic world, Lord, you will speak to us because you have risen. You are risen indeed and know our name. Amen. Amen.